I want to take a moment as we get started tonight to just thank God for the opportunity uh, to speak His Word to you again tonight. And I am super thankful that He gives me the opportunity and the privilege to do it each and every week because I find it to be a strange thing to teach the Word of God to other people. Because I feel like I, of all people, am the least qualified to do so. But I found I'm not the only one to feel this way. Is there anybody in this room tonight that just would, would raise their hand and say, you know what, there are times in my life that I feel completely unqualified to live out the life that God has called me to. A lot of people feel unqualified to do the things that God has set them apart to do. But the Apostle Paul spoke to the Corinthians some of the most encouraging words for those of us who feel unqualified. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, he wrote this, Not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything is coming from us, but our sufficiency is from God, who has made us sufficient to be ministers of a new covenant. Jesus has made us sufficient as his ministers here on the earth. And man, I just think that's an encouraging word to start out with tonight. And it's through that confidence that I'm going to stand here, though feeling unqualified, and share with you guys a passage that comes from Luke chapter 12. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and be making your way to Luke chapter 12 as we continue into part three of what I originally intended to be a one-time message, but God just kept pulling out more and more and more for us to gain from this subject. So Luke chapter 12, we're going to pick up in verse 41. Jesus is speaking in a parable here to his disciples. And verse 41 says, Peter said, Lord, are you telling this parable for us? Or for all. And the Lord said, Who then is the faithful and wise manager whom his master will set over his household to give them their portion of food at the proper time? Blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. Truly I say to you, he will set him over all his possessions. But if that servant says to himself, My master is delayed in coming and begins to beat the male and female servants and to eat and drink and get drunk, the master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him and at an hour he does not know and will cut him in pieces and put him with the unfaithful. And that servant who knew his master's will but did not get ready or act according to his will will receive a severe beating. But the one who did not know and did what deserved a beating will receive a light beating. Everyone to whom much was given, of him much will be required. And from him to whom they entrusted much, they will demand the more. The subject is, if you haven't figured out already or if you've missed the past couple of weeks, I want more. And that's the anthem that we are challenging ourselves to announce over 2020 collectively this year as a group and so the past couple of weeks we've been declaring that we want to know and experience more of Jesus than ever before and our discussion has centered around how we can get ourselves to that point so we've been learning what it looks like to put ourselves in a position to where we can then receive more of Christ in our lives and remember it's God's desire to give more but it's up to us to receive more and if we truly desire more of Him in our lives, we've got to make a move towards Him. And so we move. 
We move in proximity. We keep ourselves close to Him. We move in priority. We set Him as the top priority of our lives, and we move in petitioning Him, going to Him day by day and asking Him, God, I want more. I desire more. I need more. Would you pour more of yourself into my life? But something caught my eyes. I was studying the other day. And when I saw it, I knew God had one more thing to show us before we closed out this message. On two separate occasions, once in Matthew 25, which is a scripture we looked at a couple of weeks ago, and then once again in Mark chapter 4, as Jesus is teaching on the subject of more, He makes the statement to the one who has, more will be given. And then we encounter this somewhat strange parable in Luke. Did anybody feel uncomfortable at a certain point when we were reading this parable? Jesus is saying some weird stuff. He's talking about faithful servants. He's talking about unfaithful servants. He says to the unfaithful servant, his master will cut him in pieces and place him with the unfaithful. And then he's talking about whipping people. He's going to receive a severe beating. Somebody else is going to get a light beating. I mean, I thought this was like, I thought this was Jesus. I thought this was a God of grace and love and mercy. And we're talking about cutting people into pieces and beating them up. <laughs> what in the world, Jesus? Like, I'm sorry, but. Church planning 101 nowadays, you don't say stuff like this when you're trying to get people interested in your church plant. Hey, you want to come to church? We're talking about Jesus. He cut people up and beat them, apparently. Jesus wasn't about necessarily building a crowd, though. He wasn't all about width. He was more about depth. But I find this to be a strange parable that we encounter in Luke, and, and Jesus is is talking in, in context, he's, he's teaching on the fact that we need to be prepared for his return. And at the end, he says, everyone to whom much was given, of him much will be required. And from him to whom they entrusted much, they will demand the more. I've been asking God for my life and for yours, for my life and for yours, guys, I have been begging and pleading and intercessing on your behalf that God would begin to place within all of us a passion and a desire for more of Him. And I believe that's so important. I believe it is so important that we ask Him to place a desire and a passion within us for more of Him. But what He has also shown me in this process, and by His help, what I want to show you tonight is that what is as equally important as having a desire and passion for more is understanding what receiving more requires of us. How many of you know that it helps to know what all is required before going into something? How many of you know that it's very, very beneficial and helpful to know what all is required of a job before you actually take it? How many of you know that it's quite beneficial to know what is required of a degree before you sign up to try to complete it? How many of you know how important it is to to understand what is required of a relationship before you begin it. Let me give you all a step further past that. Completely separate, but so important for your future. You better know what is required of a marriage before you say, I do. Ain't no single married person in here going to say amen to that. You better know what is required of a marriage before you say, I do. It's important because when we understand what is required, listen, we're better prepared to respond. 
And so people who desire more understand a few things about what they're asking for, so to speak. And so I think it's important that aside from everything else we've talked about the past couple of weeks, that we come together tonight and we gain an understanding of what we're asking for and what is required of us when we go to God and we say, I want more. People who understand what it means to ask for more understand that receiving more, first of all, requires management. Receiving more requires management. In verse 42 of the passage that we just read, Jesus says, Who then is the faithful and wise manager whom his master will set over his household? To manage is to be set in charge of or to supervise something. So let me tell you guys point blank. Jesus is looking for servants who know how to manage their more. In Matthew chapter 25, when we looked at the faithful servants and the talents, we saw that the faithful servants that managed well what they had been given. The master shows up and he gives to the first servant five, and he gives to the second servant two, and he gives to the third servant one. Two out of those three servants were faithful. But what they did was they, they managed well what they had been given. But I, check this out. I didn't point this out when we talked about this a couple of weeks ago mainly because I didn't see it in this way until God showed it to me recently. But check this out. Their good management resulted in multiplication at the work of their own hands. Because they were good managers of what they had been given, it resulted in multiplication as a result of the own work of their hands. For the first servant, five talents became ten. For the second servant, two talents became four. Then, as a reward, the master gave them more. And I think that it's important that we see that. After they showed that they could manage what they had been given, the master shows back up and rewards that faithfulness, rewards that good management by bringing more into their lives. I'm going to try and help you see what this looks like in everyday life for us. And it's going to sound a little strange at first. But I want to say this. When we manage God's glory in our lives, we multiply His glory in the earth. Then, as a reward, He gives us more. When we manage God's love in our lives, we multiply His love towards the lives of others. Then, as a reward, He gives us more. When we manage God's peace in our lives, we multiply His peace into life's darkest storms. Then, as a reward, He gives us more. Do you understand the progression? Now, it's important that we understand this because receiving more requires Management. Go back to the passage in Luke real quick in verse 43. Jesus is speaking. He says, Blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. Then listen to what he says in verse 44. Truly I say to you, he will set him over all his possessions. It didn't start with all. It only started with a little. But when the master saw that his servant could manage what he had been given... Then when he showed back up, he says, now you can have it all. Now you can have more. When Jesus sees you can manage, 
That's when he brings his more. Take what you've already been given, whatever it may be, whatever giftedness, whatever talent, whatever ability, whatever measure or amount of grace or mercy or love that, that God has brought into your life, whatever, whatever measure or amount of his goodness or his power or his presence that he has brought into your life, take what you've already been given and show Jesus your management skills. Any business majors in the house? Show Jesus your management skills. Because receiving more requires management. But a person who desires more also does this. They seize opportunity. A person who desires more seizes opportunity. My wife at the house the other day, while I was at work, God love her soul, she's trying to, to take care of the house, and we have two dogs. And one of those dogs made an appearance in last week's message. Her name's Sadie. She's fixing to make a second appearance for illustrative purposes. But my wife is running around the house trying to take care of things and trying to take care of our new baby and, and keep the house in order and all that stuff. And, and you know, it, mom life is, is difficult enough as it is. And I think she's already discovered a few things like just how difficult it, it can be to find time in the day to eat. And so she had finally found an opportunity to where she could make a sandwich for herself. Just a plain, simple ham sandwich. Just, just a simple thing that she wanted to enjoy. You know, I, I was hungry, been working all day, trying to get the house straightened out, trying to take care of the baby and poopy pants and barking dogs and all this other stuff. And so she makes a sandwich and she walks into the living room and Graham starts crying and she has to go tend to him. She lays her sandwich down on the table she picks Graham up, and she goes to the nursery, and she changes the diaper, and she comes back home only to find that the sandwich had disappeared, and Sadie was sitting on the floor with breadcrumbs all around her feet. Now, why in the world did I tell you the story about our dog eating my wife's sandwich? Simply because Sadie saw an opportunity. And she seized it <laughs> until there was nothing left. <laughs> Listen, if you desire to have and experience more of Jesus, you've got to take advantage of every opportunity to do so. Fortunately, these opportunities for believers are not rare or limited. Each and every day that God continues to breathe life into us is an opportunity provided for us to know him more. Lamentations chapter 3, verses 22 and 23 says that the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. Get this, they are new every morning. Psalm 118, 24 says, This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be Glad in it. Each and every day that you get up, there's an opportunity for new mercies. Each and every day that you get up, there's an opportunity for more rejoicing. Psalm 145 verse 2 says, Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Every day is an opportunity for you to get up and praise and bless the Lord. Joshua 24 verse 15, I'm just going to pluck a certain part of this Scripture out, Joshua speaks to the people, and then he says, Choose this day 
whom you will serve. Each and every day, God breathes the breath of life into your lungs is an opportunity for you to get up that day and choose to serve Him. That's what I'm saying. If you want more of Christ in your life, you've got to take advantage of every opportunity that He brings your way in order to do so. Listen, lack of opportunity will never be an excuse you can use for why you didn't know and experience more of God. But I've learned that people will do one of two things with opportunity. They'll either seize an opportunity or they'll sit on opportunity. And I think that some of us here tonight are guilty of being squatters. God is giving you daily opportunity to receive more of Him. But as He does so, you just continue to keep sitting on it. And it goes back to what I'm trying to help you see. If you want more, guess what? Make a move. Get up, take action, take advantage of the opportunity. Stop sitting and start seizing. Please, for the love of God, before I actually physically start seizing. I can't take it anymore. I want to be a part of a movement of God. I don't want to read about one. I don't want to hear about it in the news. I don't want to get another email from Christianity Today saying that this awakening is taking place in Morocco or Ukraine or Namibia or wherever. I want to be a part of one. Do you? And if you do, I guarantee you, you will take advantage of opportunities to experience and know more of Christ in your life. Take advantage every day. Every day take advantage to read His Word. Read His Word, you'll receive more. Take advantage every day to enter into a season of prayer. You pray, you'll receive more. Take advantage every day to spend time in worship. Some of y'all can't sing worth a lick. But guess what? Nobody else in your car is listening. Take advantage of every opportunity to get up and worship your Savior. You worship, guess what? You'll receive more. Take advantage every day to serve. You serve Him, guess what? You'll receive more. Someone who desires more of Christ in their life will seize each and every opportunity. The person who, who really desires more of Christ in their life also understands that receiving more demands responsibility. Jesus, toward the end of his teaching, says, Everyone to whom much was given of him, much will be required. And his words here seem to carry this kind of weightiness with them. Do you feel it? Do you feel like Jesus just, just inserts this weightiness behind these words? Everyone to whom much was given of him, much will be required. And, and it just sounds weighty to me. And can I tell you why I think why? I think it's because receiving more carries with it the weight of responsibility. It's our responsibility to take the abundance God gives and be a good steward of it. Let me give you an example. When God gave the Israelites the promised land, He told them, I'm going to give you this land of abundance or this land of more. And He did. But it was their responsibility once they inhabited that place to take care of the land 
and its resources. God provided the abundance, but it was their responsibility to steward it. And the same is true in our lives as well. When God brings more of His love or His grace or His mercy or His power or His goodness or His direction into our lives, it's our job to handle it with responsibility and stewardship. In other words, let me simplify it. Stop abusing your abundance. Doing so is such an injustice to the goodness of our God. You know, really, if, if Christians as a whole would stop abusing the abundance God has brought into their lives, the world around us could be relieved of much suffering and need. I'm going to rewind that and say it one more time just for the effect of having it sink in. If Christians as a whole would stop abusing the abundance God has brought into their lives, the world around us could be relieved of much suffering and need. Instead, we're guilty of taking the abundance of joy that He has brought into our lives and abusing it while refusing to share it with the world. Instead, we take the abundance of peace that God has brought into our lives and we abuse it for our own selfish purposes instead of sharing it with the broken family, instead of sharing it with the bum sitting on the street corner. We're guilty, guys, of abusing the abundance God has brought into our lives. And if we would stop doing so, the world around us could be radically changed. If you are desiring and asking for more, and I hope that you are, I really do, just be sure to handle it responsibly. Because God demands it. He demands that we handle the more that He gives us in a responsible way. And one last thing. One last thing that someone who desires more of God really begins to understand is that receiving more sets expectation. At the very end of his parable, Jesus goes on to tell the people from him to whom they entrusted much, they will demand the more. There is an expectation that Christ sets upon those whom he has given much to. And the expectation is that we will increase on his investment. In other words, like the servants with the talents in Matthew 25, we take what he gives us and we put it to work for his benefit and his glory. I'll say it like this. When Jesus brings more into our lives, we shouldn't be the only ones that profit from it. Why do you invest in something? Why do people invest in something? It's because you see potential for your investment to increase in value. Listen, listen I know we're towards the end, but, but stay with me just for a few moments longer. When Jesus gives more of himself to us, it's because he sees a heart and a life full of potential to increase the value of his investment. 
That's when he brings more into our lives. When he can look at our heart, when he can look at our lives, and he can tell that we're in a position that is full of potential to increase upon the investment that he's about to bring into our lives. People don't invest in things that they don't consider is going to increase in value. Why would we expect God to be any different? Ask him for more, and then put yourself in a position where he can look at your life and say, okay, I can tell they're on fire for me. This is a good investment. I will pour myself out upon this servant because I know five talents are about to become ten. And I know two talents are about to become four. And it's not just going to stop there because they're so faithful. When I show back up, I'm going to give them more. So now ten talents all of a sudden become twenty. These are the kind of servants God is looking to pour more out upon. And it sets an expectation. And he has every right to set it. Let me go back to verses 45 through 47. And, and let's, let's deal with this disturbing stuff in Scripture. It says, But if that servant says to himself, My master is delayed in coming and begins to beat the male and female servants and to eat and drink and get drunk, the master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him, and in an hour he doesn't know and will cut him in pieces, and put him with the unfaithful. And that servant who knew his master's will but did not get ready or act according to his will will receive a severe beating. Now, Jesus is not going to show back up and cut you into pieces. Jesus is not going to come back down from heaven, take the belt off his robe, and beat the snot out of you with it. The Bible uses metaphor just like the rest of the world around us. Jesus speaks metaphorically to show you the seriousness of the expectation that he sets upon those who cry out for more. So you better count the cost, as he told his disciples. If you want more, there is an expectation that I have upon your life to live up to what I expect to get as a return on my investment. And he has every right and can justly do so. But you better understand the seriousness of it. You better understand the impact of crying out to him and saying, I want more. And he says, okay. But you better use it. You better, because if I come back and I see that you've wasted it, it's going to be bad. It's going to be bad. Jesus gives more with the expectation that we will make him know more. You know, all throughout the week as I've been prepping for this message, my heart has, to, has continued to, to burn for more. So I've been asking God, how are you still developing this in my life? How are you still working this out within me? How can I continue to receive more of you? And this is what I felt like he spoke into my life as I began pressing further, and I'm not talking about like I sit in my office and I heard the audible voice of God speak this in my life, but I just felt that he impressed it upon my heart to this effect. If you show me that you can manage and make sure to seize each opportunity while also accepting the responsibility and living up to the expectation You will receive M-O-R-E, more. I want more. Do you guys want more? 
Let's press into God and continue to keep asking him to pour out more and more and more upon our lives for the purpose of us making him more and more and more known in the lives around us. Hey, this is Trey Mitchell, college and young adult pastor. I just wanted to say thank you for listening. It's our prayer that God uses these messages in a way that challenge and encourage you to live for his glory. If you've never placed your faith in Jesus as your Savior, we would love to help you with making that decision. Just reach out to us through our webpage at underwoodbaptist.org. Be sure to check back in with us next week as we again encounter God through His Word here at Life. <laughs>